Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. Um, so our first Bible reading is from Psalm 23 um, in the NIV, the, uh, the Bible's at the end of your pews. It's page 862, um, and then we'll be going into Romans as well. So Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our next Bible reading is going to be from Romans 8, 28 through 39, which is in page 1757 of the Bibles at the end of your pew. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also amongst him graciously give us all things? Who will, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Jesus Christ died more than that, he was raised to life, is it at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And with that, Jack is going to come up and preach. Thanks, Ruth. Well, it's nice to see you all tonight. Uh, welcome to City Light Church North Adelaide. If you don't know who I am, I'm the one being called Jacko all the time. My real name's Simon. Uh, I'm Simon Jackson, uh, lead pastor here at City Light Church North Adelaide. Um, if you're new here tonight and you're kind of wondering where you are, you're at this church called City Light Church North Adelaide. We are a church that is uh, elder-led, so I am one of the elders here at the church. I'm sort of first among equals, um, a bunch of brothers who uh, lead with me our family here at City Light Church North Adelaide, so welcome along. Um, as Ruth said, you're welcome to join us for dinner afterwards. Every two weeks we celebrate uh, just our life together with a meal together, and uh, that's just next door, so please do stick around for that. That would be a really good thing to do. Um, if you are a member of our church here at City Light Church North Adelaide and you're on our Slack channel, um, that's sort of our online kind of communication um, hub or environment, uh, you've probably received a few things from me during the week uh, on behalf of the elders about our response to coronavirus or COVID-19. Um, uh, just a couple of things outlining some of the changes uh, we've made in response to 
government sort of uh, moves and policies and also the medical experts around the country as well. Um, so hopefully you've um, read those things. Uh, hopefully, I really hope that it hasn't sort of, you know, caused you to lose sleep unnecessarily overnight. That was never the intention uh, to increase anxiety or um, increase any fear that you might be experiencing, but simply for us uh, to be a healthy church community um, and also respond well um, as a community for the sake of the communities beyond us as well. So that's really the point of that whole thing. Um, all those things that I've sent out continue to apply, um, and uh, that would be really good to just keep abiding by those things. Um, we as elders, um, we as a church, a family of churches, City Light Church North Adelaide, will respond and communicate as quickly as we can as things change. Um, so just be aware of that. So continue to be on Slack. Um, etc. If you're not on Slack, you're really not part of the church. No, I'm just joking. Um, but uh, if you're not on Slack uh, and you consider yourself part of City Light Church North Adelaide, please let me know uh, so we can get you on there. Um, that's one of our primary ways of communicating uh, beyond Facebook um, and um, by obviously being here on a night or through our DGs. With all that in mind, um, I thought it would be appropriate for us to um, suspend the sermon series that we haven't even begun yet um, tonight. Um, by just taking a moment or two tonight just to reflect on um, the Word of God um, and the context we find ourselves in today with uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus uh, being in our midst. Um, and so, um, yeah, I've been thinking throughout the week about, you know, whether we suspend our little short series on Mark uh, leading up into Easter. Um, I've sort of been umming and ahhing and, you know, drifting in and out of that idea. It was probably today where I was listening to the radio on the way home from preaching at another church, uh, where just a few comments that were said on Grandstand, of all places, which is the ABC's sports kind of show, uh, where they were talking about the impact of corona and how this is in many ways at the moment like a once-in-a-generation event um, and, and how I was just convinced then as well from that, but also on the basis of a number of articles that I've read about the possibility and the potential opportunity we have as God's people uh, to be a real light in the midst of this dark time. Um, and so that's really what I want to talk about today, um, just a little bit of our response, uh, COVID-19 really, and Christian hope. That's what I'm hoping to do today. So without kind of de- we're not going to sort of unpack Romans chapter 8 in detail. Um, that was sort of read to get us going, but you might want to have that open in front of you just to, to pick up on a few things as we go through. Um, just so you know, I, I do have a prepared sermon on Mark chapter 1, ready to roll. Um, so should we get an opportunity, we'll just launch straight into that. Um, I even sent slides through to our AV team this afternoon with, you know, Mark 1, ready to go, and I said, just put them on ice um, for a little while. Um, I think it's good for us to reflect on God's word, what it says when crisis strikes. Um, it is interesting though, Mark chapter 1, I'm not about to preach on Mark chapter 1 by the way, just hold on to your hats, but Mark chapter 1 does actually, we, we meet Jesus obviously in that passage, uh, the Son of God, the Messiah, and in that passage alone, Jesus is the one who comes and with great compassion confronts disease and sickness and calamity. Um, and overpowers it, overwhelms it with his person. Um, and so um, we're not going to speak on that, but it's great timing of how he does. So uh, let's pray. Let's pray. Hey, Wayne's in the house. This is great. This is good. Welcome, Wayno. Um, you won't miss Wayne, by the way, but it's great. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you so much for your, good, your goodness to us. Thanks for all the good things you give us. 
Uh, we pray with thanks tonight that we are here, we are alive, uh, Father, and you are well and you are gathering people to yourself. Thank you for Jesus. We pray that tonight as we, we think about Christian hope, hope in Christ, that you would um, yeah, speak into our hearts, Lord, tonight. By your spirit and through your word, uh, speak not just into our, heart, our heads, not just into our hearts, but into our souls and even into our bones. Reassure us, Father, of your love for us. And reassure us, Lord, that in Jesus we are just so safe and secure, come what may. So, Father, speak to us tonight through your word, by your spirit, for Jesus' glory and our good. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, various commentators over the past week have, uh, have caused me to think, as I've read about what they've been saying, to they've noticed, right, how um, over the summer, how incredibly generous, right, uh, Australian people were to give of their own money and resources to the uh, bushfire appeal. Um, I'm told that over 50% of Australians donated financially uh, to the bushfire recovery and aid projects that have been ongoing. I'm told that 50% of people gave at least $50, which is an extraordinary amount of money that has been given uh, generously to the church. G'day, Wayne. Excellent. Oh, do you want to give that to Robert? He'll put it in the fridge for you. Yeah, he'll put it in the freezer and no one else will eat it. Unless you offer it. Oh, one of a, I can do that. I can do that. Have a seat, man. No, I don't think so. I think he's not well. Don't think it was his. Yeah. Anyway, this extraordinary reality, right? The generosity of Australian people. 50% of people in Australia gave at least $50. An extraordinary work of kindness and generosity and goodness on the part of people. I'm, I want to say as well, I, I didn't give any money to the bushfire aid appeal. I don't want you to look at me going, wow, he must be one of those 50%. I, you know, I'm, just, I'm not the most generous lead pastor you've ever met in your life. But incredible generosity right, and kindness of people. But commentators have also noted right, in the past weeks, not only generosity, but significant fear and anxiety amongst our population as people scramble to get food and supplies in the, hope, in, the, in the potential that they're going to have to stock up. My wife Adele was at the shops this afternoon. She got a trolley load of food and she had to wait 60 minutes to go through the register. Um, such is the kind of the panic and the anxiety around at the moment. The question I ask is what enables like, um, people like you and me to, to have both of those kind of capacities existing at the same time? Um, this incredible generosity and kindness and digging into your wallet and things like that, but at the same time, significant anxiety and, and almost panic, grabbing and fighting over the last roll of toilet paper at Woolworths or Coles. Um, what enables both to occur? As Christians, as followers of Jesus, what is different about us? What should be different about us as followers of Jesus in this time? We are people. We are people who live in this incredibly free country. We are free people. Um, we enjoy incredible freedom, incredible liberties in this country. We are the envy of most of the people of the world, how much freedom we have. It's interesting, isn't it, when my freedom to protect myself might trump my freedom to care for somebody else. The great reformer Martin Luther, when he was reflecting on the book of Galatians, and on the freedom that we've got and experienced now in the Lord Jesus Christ, said something along these lines, the Christian is a free person 
by Christ and therefore they are subject to absolutely nobody, but the person who is free in Christ is now slave to all people. So the big difference with Christian freedom is that we are free to be servants to others who are in need. How do you do that? How do I do that? How do we do that? As lovers of freedom, how do we use our freedom for the good of others, even if it might be costly to you and to me? How do we do that? The answer actually is in that reading, Romans chapter 8, where Paul writes, nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, nothing can separate you from God's love, no matter what comes. Earlier in the book of Romans, Paul writes, Christ has died for us and Christ has been raised again for us. That is an extraordinary reality. In the first century, when this was written to real people, really existing in the real world, first century, the infant mortality rate in downtown Rome was really high. Like, much higher than what we experience today. Um, the, the life expectancy of people in the first century was actually really low compared to us today. And yet Christians in these early times were known for their generous hearts, their radical kindness, their incredible compassion for the sick, for the vulnerable, for the plagued, for the diseased, for the helpless, the homeless, for the weak, for the poor. Why? Because they were convinced that death was no longer the big enemy that we all face. That Jesus Christ, in his death and resurrection, had overcome our greatest barrier, death. But God has bound himself to his people in love and freed them from having to grab and fight and protect themselves at all costs. Instead, God has created a people who now live lives of love, and service. You know, when the Apostle, right, Paul says to these people, you know, neither persecution, famine, nakedness, poverty, or death can separate us from the love of God, he's saying that God's people, you will encounter these things, and they did in the first century, and God's people encounter those things today. And he reminds them, right, whatever comes, nakedness, famine, virus, nothing can separate you from the love of God if you're in Christ Jesus. And so tonight, the main thing I want to remind you of tonight if you're here in Christ is you don't have to be afraid. You know, with the corona around, with COVID-19 around, you don't have to be afraid. God loves you. Jesus has dealt with your greatest enemy. He's dealt with death. Should death come to you? Should death come to me? And that's just the next step to meeting Jesus face to face. We've sung, we're in it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. Don't be afraid. God loves you. Jesus has dealt with death. Should it come to you, it's just the next step to meeting Jesus face to face and being with him and enjoying him forever. We don't have to be afraid. Now, death, right? Death's always been a problem for everyone. Everyone, in every century, in every moment, who's ever been born on planet Earth. Death is not a new issue we've been facing. Now, you and I, right, we are fortunate to live in Adelaide. Sleepy old Adelaide, right? The big village, the country town, the big country town. You know, we are... um, 
We're not like other parts of the world, right? We are fewer in number, like we are fewer in number compared to Sydney and to Melbourne who are really facing some dilemmas right now. Um, I don't know about you, but you've noticed that we, we kind of live further apart from each other. We have like blocks of houses where we can live a bit separated. But we are not immune. We are not immune. I don't want you to become complacent, right? I was at a church this morning um, where I was, I was speaking and I was chatting with a bunch of people there who, I don't know, they, they come from that sort of more, I don't know, super spiritual end of the Christian faith where it was almost like because they're in Jesus, they're kind of like untouchable. You know, it's not going to get me because I'm in Jesus, you know, like I've got the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, like, so do I. I've got the Holy Spirit. And the virus could get me. Just because, you know, we think like that doesn't mean it won't get us. So I don't want us to be complacent, church. Please note, please follow the advice of our leaders, both our politicians, our medical experts. I know it's really challenging, right? One of the things I think we're all facing is the Facebook problem or the social media problem where everyone's opinion seems equally valid, even on COVID-19. And you kind of don't know what to do. But I want to encourage us, right? Let's be men and women who listen to our politicians, listen to the medical experts. Don't be afraid. If you're in Christ Jesus, don't be afraid. You are safe. But I do need to ask the question tonight, are you in Christ? Do you trust Jesus? It's very well, right, to wash your hands. I hope you've been washing your hands. That's really important. Number one, really, wash your hands. But washing your hands will not ultimately protect you, right, from death. It it will come either now or later, that thing called death. If you are in Jesus, though, you have a guarantee beyond death. Now, many of you, right, you're really young. I'm looking out. Most of you are really young, not looking at some of the other people, but most of you are really young. And so you go, death? Never think about death. Get to my age, you know, people start saying, life insurance, Simon, would you like some life insurance? I'm like, yes, please. No, you know, like you don't, and you're going, life insurance? Whatever. But, you know, when you become a little bit older, you start to think a bit more about these things. Are you in Christ? Are you in Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus? He is your only safe place. The one thing we can't say right now to one another, to people in the street, we can't say, you're going to be okay. You, need, you, you want to say that, right? You want to say, you're going to be okay. Corona pff, won't get you. That's an empty platitude, which actually is just fatuous and doesn't, is not true. You may not be okay. But if you are in Christ, you will be okay. You are safe, so don't be afraid. So what I want you to listen to, if that's the only thing you hear today before you go and have some dinner next door, then that's the thing. Don't, you don't have to be afraid. If you're in Christ, you don't have to be afraid. Keep trusting Jesus. But secondly, don't fear. And as you don't fear, love your neighbour. Love your neighbour. Love your neighbour. One of the themes that we, we might actually, if we ever get to Mark's Gospel, we might actually come to Mark's Gospel and find that one of the things Jesus is really interested in, not just in Mark's Gospel, but in all the Gospels, in his whole life, he was really interested in caring for the weak, the vulnerable, the poor, the least of all people. And one of the things I want to charge us with a responsibility to do as God's people here in North Adelaide is care for the least of the people of the world. 
I mean, not just now as this virus takes hold, but all the time. But in this moment, with COVID-19 in our midst and around this city, are you seeking to love the weakest, the most vulnerable in our community? Now, I'm, I'm not weak, right? I mean, maybe my children would say that I am, but I am not weak. I'm 40 years old. I have no respiratory illnesses that I am aware of. I am in the very low-risk category of being really severely impacted by COVID-19. And yet, I am still washing my hands like mad, right? Like, I've never pumped the pump pack in our kitchen and our sink. Everywhere I go, I'm just like washing my hands and I'm looking for basins. I don't go to places unless I know there's a full container. I don't check the bathrooms. And I don't go anywhere, right? I'm, I'm washing my hands and I'm spraying my hands with this sanitizer like all the time. Like, this is like gold. I'm, I'm in the low risk category. But not everyone is like me, right? Not everyone is like the majority of us. It's the older people in our community. It's the, it's the members of our community who have pre-existing medical conditions, those who live in conditions where they're kind of less hygienic and things like that. They're the ones who are most vulnerable to this particular circumstance. We need to make sure, though, that we who are healthy are doing all that we can to, to curb the spread of the virus, to, to flatten the curve, as they say. Why? To protect the weak, the vulnerable, the most at-risk people in our community. COVID-19, they tell me, is 10 times more deadly than the flu, and we have no vaccine for it yet. None. And all the science, right, says take steps now. It'll be better for the weak, better for the vulnerable. So wash your hands. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands if you're doing it, but wash your hands. That's why we've sort of made that mandate, no handshaking, no fist pumping, no hugs, no kisses, in this place at least, you know, move apart from each other. No, you don't have to do that. But at least when we're here, right, let's, let's avoid that physical contact. I don't know, let's bow, let's toe tap, let's elbow. I don't know, whatever it is, right, let's just, let's find some way. It is weird though, isn't it, right? The natural thing is just to walk up with your hand or hugging, but you can, let's, let's avoid that. We've made a couple of changes, right, to the way we do our Lord's Supper. Um, so normally we, we dip a piece, of, we rip some bread off, we dip it into a, a common sort of cup of juice or cordial, but um, now tonight we're having individual cups, we're going to pre-cut the bread, all those sorts of things. Dinner, you'll notice a few changes tonight. Rather than serving ourselves, we're going to be served our dinner just to prevent lots of hands touching everything. Um, we, we actually, we may well need to cease meeting as a church in this kind of way for a period of time. Um, that hasn't been mandated by the government or anything yet, but that, that may well happen, right? Where meeting like this, we, we may not be able to do it. We'll see. That's a, a possibility. So I just exhort you tonight, follow the guidelines and be wise. It'll actually help us love our neighbour. And I also, think, I also think it'll be really good for us as a church to be thinking about you know, we are pretty safe, we are low risk, but there are lots of countries around the world where they've been utterly ravaged by this particular virus. And we should be praying for those nations as they deal with the response. You know, in light of that idea of what would it look like, I don't know, what would it look like? Actually, we might do this. I love asking questions, right? I'm going to ask you a question. You know, should we have to shut down our gathering like this, you know, next week or for a period of time, what do you reckon it would look like? What could it look like? 
for us as a church community to keep loving each other and encouraging each other. While you have a chat, just really briefly, like for two minutes, what could it look like to look after each other, to love each other, to encourage each other if we can't meet like this? Have a quick chat. Go for it. And we'll come back in a minute. Go for it. All right. Because we can do this and because we all love each other and want to encourage each other, should we never be able to see each other for a long time, um, what, what can we do? What can we be doing as a body of Christ here in North Adelaide to keep loving and encouraging each other should circumstances change where we sort of can't hang out together face to face too much? What do you reckon? What's the banter going on? You must have some ideas. I can't hear you. Podcast? Yep, great. That's good. Yeah, fancy that. Yeah. Telephone people. Anything else? Skype. Yeah. Prayer. Yep, we're praying for each other. Yeah. I read an article a few days ago um, from an old Christian publication called The Briefing. Uh, it was a publication released by an organisation called Matthias Media. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but it was an article published in 2009, right, following the SARS outbreak or around the time of the SARS outbreak. And it was all about what would it look like. This is like 2009, right? What would it look like if a virus impacted our world, which had the impact of meaning Christians couldn't gather anymore? What would that look like? And the article was like, it was kind of weird, right? It was like a time warp reading this thing ten year, over 10 years ago about almost a situation we find ourselves in today. And it had this really great idea, right? That, um, you know, when, if, should the church end up in a place where we couldn't meet together, what it would mean is you'd get like the elders of the local church, maybe like five other kind of key leaders in the church, and they'd be the kind of the people who'd go out and do all the pastoral care while, you know, the church couldn't meet together and things like that, and, and the people being cared for and loved and supplied with things, all this sort of stuff. And the article ends up going, and maybe we'd never go back to meeting ever again because it was so effective at growing Christians. Um, I was like, no, no, but it was great, right? Um, it was kind of surreal to read. But how would we go on, like, loving each other and encouraging each other? And absolutely, um, what would we do? We could ring each other. Fancy that. We could get on our phones, our smartphones. We could ring each other. I don't know, we could read the Bible together in, on Skype or Zoom or, or Google Hangout or on our phones, etc. FaceTime. Uh, we could pray together over those sort of devices and things like that. Um, I don't know, I love to sing. I love to sing Amazing Grace, the first and last verses. We could just sing Amazing Grace to each other all the time over the phone or on Skype and things like that. Who knows? Importantly, though, one of the other things to think about is what if one, I don't know, two or three of us actually had to go into a period of isolation for like the 14 days? What would it then look like for us to actually care for that individual or those two or three people? I'm going out to see them, dropping things off. I think they're things we should be thinking about. And, and I want to let you know, the elders, we are thinking about these things. But actually, you know, caring for people who are in isolation. I'm an extrovert. I don't know how I'd cope. And I'm a bad Christian. I don't play board games, right? And so, like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, you know? I mean, hopefully Netflix doesn't break down or get impacted. But, um, but I want to encourage us. How are we going to love one another, encourage each other, share each other's burdens, um, and care for the world around us? Be a real light to the world around us.
You know, just as Paul writes to the Romans and says, you know, as followers of Jesus, you are not immune to things that the rest of the world experiences, persecution, famine, nakedness, um, hunger. Those things, we are, we are vulnerable to those things just like any other individual in the world. We are not floating a foot off the ground, somehow protected by God from these things. We are part of this world, and yet we have the message of hope for the world. All the time, but in the midst of this time as well. We can love and serve the world around us. Don't be afraid. Be wise. Keep loving one another. I'm almost finished, but let me just share with you um, these wonderful things. There is so much in church history recorded for us of the way Christian men and women, people who'd come to know the grace of God, now empowered by the Holy Spirit, sort of put aside their own rights, put aside their own good, paid the price for the sake of other men and women living around them that they would go well. So many instances in church history, you know, where plagues have struck the world and Christians have been there. In the second century, the world was struck by um, the Antonine Plague, uh, 165 to 180, it's believed this pandemic was um, introduced by, to the Roman Empire by soldiers returning from war in Syria. Five million people died in that particular plague. In the following century, there was a plague of Cyprian spread across the world from Africa, was transmitted person to person um, by physical contact. Half of the people who uh, encountered the disease, they died, 50%. It's said that during those pandemics, both of those pandemics, um, second and third century, um, all the officials fled the cities, all the rich people fled the cities, even the pagan priests like fled the cities um, up to the hills so they could be safe. However, the men and women of faith, the Christians, they stayed behind. Instead of hiding in the shadows, they'd embraced the darkness. Instead of running in panic, they entered into the disease. Instead of fearing death, they offered light and love and the life of Jesus. And you know what? Many people, as far as we know, came to know Jesus because of the bold witness of those people. A bishop named Dionysius wrote, about, wrote of the early Christians in this way, quote, Most of our Christians showed unbounded love and loyalty, never sparing themselves and thinking only of one another. Heedless of danger, they took charge of the sick, attending to their every need and ministering to them in Christ, and with them departed this life serenely happy. For they were infected by others with the disease, drawing on themselves the sickness of their neighbours and cheerfully accepting their pains. End of quote. It's moments like this, right, that that challenge me and remind me of of who I am in Christ, who we are in Christ. Christianity, right, we're just not a club of like-minded people hanging out. We're not just a bunch of people who like things kind of comfy and and an easy life. Christianity is a movement ultimately of, of sacrifice, a movement of love, and a movement of grace. So brothers and sisters in Christ, if you're here today, don't be afraid Love your neighbour. Be wise. Follow the protocols. But make sure you're trusting Jesus. 
Make sure you're trusting Jesus. And I think we have an opportunity, right, to live in a way that is, I don't know, less anxious, less panicked, more generous, more caring than the world around us, perhaps. And maybe in those moments, I don't know, have opportunities to, to testify to how we can be like that. Talk to people and say, you know what, I'm, I can be like this because I'm trusting Jesus and I know I'm safe in him. And maybe the hope that is in you might kind of become their hope in the face of whatever comes. So brothers and sisters, don't be afraid. Love your neighbour. Be really wise. Trust Jesus. And let's pray. Um, Join us on Tuesday night as we pray for the situation of COVID-19. And I'm going to lead us now in a time of prayer in response to this situation. So would you join me as we pray together? Paul writes also another church in the first century in Philippi. And he writes these words. You don't have to be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. Uh, Heavenly Father, uh, our creator, maker of this world, sustainer of this world, redeemer of this world, the great lover of this world, we, we come to you tonight as your people in this place, very aware of the circumstances around us. Uh, Lord, we We first of all thank you and we praise you for our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, through whom his death and his resurrection has won for us peace with you, both now and forevermore. We thank you, Lord, that through the work of Jesus, him being the perfect sacrifice, the the perfect priest, the, the perfect Man, Father, through his death as that person, he has won for us perfect access with you. And so, Father, we thank you tonight for the peace we can have through trusting in Jesus. Just like the people that Paul wrote to in the first century who experienced all kinds of um, crises, persecution and famine, nakedness and shame and even death, We thank you that through faith in Jesus, we can join with them, having a peaceful, a knowledge of peace with you. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to not be afraid. And in that place, love our neighbour. Lord, we do pray that in your mercy, you would bring respite to this virus. Father, we pray for the leaders of our world as they seek to make decisions based on the best evidence and the latest information. Father, help us particularly as your people. Father, help us to honour those in leadership, to listen well, to be obedient. 
Lord, give great wisdom, though, to our world leaders. Give great wisdom to the medical experts who are supplying our world leaders with information. May it be timely and relevant and accurate and may it indeed lead to that flattening of the curve and slowing down the spread of this virus. Lord, we pray particularly tonight as well for our doctors and our nurses and other health professionals who are on the front line caring for men and women and kids caught up with the virus. Our Father, we pray, uh, Lord, especially as we hope that this curve will slow down, that they would not be overwhelmed. But no doubt, as our medical professionals have to work longer hours and double shifts and things like that to cope, Father, we pray that you'd give them a real patience and perseverance and the energy required to keep on keeping on. Father, for us, we pray that we would live in a way that is less panicked and less anxious. Father, we're knowing your peaceful presence with us in all circumstances that you would enable us to love our neighbour. Continue to help us to make wise choices individually, Lord, and as a church. And help us to trust Christ. And Lord, we, we pray with great thanks that even though all these crises can come and indeed they will go, Father, we thank you that in the midst of all these things, Jesus is still on the throne. He is sovereign. He is reigning. He is ruling. And he will return. So, Father, help us to keep trusting him. And help us, in light of Jesus' sovereignty, to find creative ways to love and encourage one another should changes be such that we can't meet together as we normally do. But Lord, may you would help us, Lord, to shine the light of Jesus individually and as a church at this time for your glory and for the salvation of many around us. And Lord, we bring all of these prayers to you today, confident that you will answer them according to your will. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church, or to donate to the work of City Light Church, North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.